Again, welcome to Emmaus SNU. Uh, we are a uh, Christian ministry uh, under the uh, ministry of New Philadelphia Church, which is an English-speaking uh, church in Seoul. And we've got a number of campuses. We've, got, we've been going through a lot of transitions in our church. Some campuses have closed down due to various reasons. Um, but here we are. Uh, we are a college ministry under New Philadelphia Church, and we are continuing. We have campuses at Korea University, Yonsei, slash Iwa, and here at SNU. And so we meet here every Wednesdays for our fellowship. And um, for a while, we've been having these large group meetings where it'd be pretty typical. We'd have like a time of worship and then like a sermon, and then we'd go and, and have fellowship uh, for those who wanted to stick around. But uh, uh, today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same structure in that we're starting with a song and and we're going to have a mini sermon instead of a full-length sermon. So I'm going to try to really quickly just share a a little word and then we're going to just fellowship and have fun the rest of the evening. So we've ordered food for us. Uh, It's coming very soon. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, we got jajangmyeon ordered, so it's going to be here very soon. Um, Yeah, so for today, what I wanted to share was simply... uh, Kind of a follow-up message of last time. Last time I spoke about uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, and how uh, the believers, they had this fellowship, how this was a picture of what Christian fellowship should look like. Uh, today, I kind of want to follow up with that uh, in a more or less connected way. Uh, just two points that I want to make, kind of a follow-up with that. And one of the things I talked about was... Um, the two commandments that God gives us, the two greatest commandments that Jesus said, that all the law and the prophets hang on these two, and they are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, something about these so-called laws, right? There are laws in the sense that God is like, do this. It's a commandment. But it's more than that. It's more than just God saying, do this because God is boss. He is boss, and it's good. We should follow him. We should listen. But... It's so much more than that. And I think that there's a reason why God tells us uh, these things. It's for our own good. It's for our own good. He loves us. That's why he's telling us these things. Uh, There's a very famous pastor in America. His name is John Piper. I'm sure you've all probably heard of him. He has this concept that he preaches often. It's called Christian hedonism. Hedonism is often kind of a negative thing that like, oh, you're self-indulgent. That's a bad thing. But he takes Christianity and he kind of, it's almost like a, like a buzzword to get us thinking, right? To kind of think, oh, wait, God, we often think of God as this harsh uh, law-giving God, which to an extent that's true. He is a law-giving God, but he's also a God of love, and he's also a God worthy of our worship and worth pursuing. And so he kind of sums up this phrase, John Piper, he says it like this, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. Okay, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. And so he made us to love him. He made us to worship him. That's design. That's by design. And it's not just a rule. It's not meant to be a drag. It's meant to be a blessing to us. It's like a parent who tells us to do things. It's not because the parent wants to just be a king or ruler over his family that he or she says, son, daughter, please don't go out. And, and do things late at night by yourself. It's for our own good that they tell us these things, right? 
And so like a parent who does these things, it's for our own good. God tells us for our good, love me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Now I want to give you a little bit more uh, uh, evidence for this. Uh, I I was doing a little bit of research, just very basic uh, Telegraph is a uh, news source, and they uh, several years ago they they released this article article uh, that was a sort of uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it when you when you have a whole bunch of researches and then it's like a meta research article? Okay, so they take data from a bunch of different studies and they do this like meta study, and they looked at evidence from 1,200 studies and 400 different reviews, and the result of that was simply, I'm just going to read it straight from, the par, uh, uh, straight from the article, but this is what it says. The overwhelming majority of scientific studies highlight the positive health benefits of faith, including protection from illness, coping with illness, and faster recovery from it. The report, Health Benefits of Christian Faith, was put together by Dr. Alex Bunn and Dr. David Randall of the Christian Medical Fellowship. They highlighted one study which showed regular churchgoers had life expectancy up to 14 years longer than those who did not attend services. Okay, so there's this practical sort of life-giving health benefit to being a believer, having a connection, a loving relationship with God. Okay, now of course this is a very broad blanket statement, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think what this shows is simply that God commands us to love him because it's good for us. Here and in the eternal sense, right? Obviously, as believers, we believe that he saves us, and so we have to have a relationship with him. But even in this life, there's a positive benefit to knowing God. Uh, That's one of the things uh, that makes what Adam and Eve did sinful. They turned from God, right? In, In essence, they turned to their own devices, eating the fruit of the tree, saying, oh, there's something I'm missing, something that God is withholding from me. And that is the, the, la- the lack of faith that they sort of um, expressed in their action. Now, obviously, the sin is the disobedience itself, but these are some different ways of kind of looking at that, what makes it so sinful, okay? They, they turned from God. They were not able to enjoy God fully. If they did, they wouldn't have eaten from the tree. If they really believed fully, oh, God has everything, God is everything for me, they wouldn't have looked at the tree and been tempted. Okay? So that's the practical implication of their action. Okay? Um, So, oh, wait. Okay. Uh, So that's my main point. My first main point. God tells us to love him because it's good for us. Secondly, uh, the second aspect of it is, God, God, how did you go through that door so fast? I think it's like cartoonish. Uh, okay, so the other point is that God made us for community. Okay, God made us to love him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he also made us for community. That's why he tells us love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. God says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper, helper suitable for him. Now, in this case, he's talking about marital uh, uh, relationship. Right? He's talking about uh, making Eve for Adam. And it's true in that sense as well. But it's also true that uh, 
God made man to be social. Okay, uh, Aristotle is known to say that man is by nature social. Man is a social animal. Okay, uh, and and if you look at the way we are, it's true. Think about what solitary confinement is. Okay, uh, prisoners, right? They, people who do bad things, they get sent to prison. And people who are really bad, even in prison, they have like prison for prisoners. And that is solitary, solitary confinement. That means you, they just lock you in a room by yourself for however long. And they say it's like torture. You, people go crazy. They, they turn suicidal. They get depressed. Um, even afterwards, even after they come out of con- solitary confinement, often there are lasting mental health uh, effects. Uh, and so there are just examples, countless examples of how when people are separated from community, separated from society, they, they get damaged. I mean, it's very evident. Uh, do your own research. Again, this is a mini-sermon. I'm not going to give you all these examples. But do your own research if you so choose to. But yeah, God made us for community. That's by design. And so when God tells us to love one another, love your neighbor as yourself, he's not telling us to do it because he just wants to lord it over us, although he is lord. He does it because he wants it for our benefit, because he loves us. He tells us love him, love one another because he cares for you. He loves you. And that's the reason. Now we can even look at this theologically. Okay, What is hell? Hell is not just fire. I mean, yes, I'm sure there's a part of that, but the worst thing about hell is not just the fire. It's the fact that we are separated from God, right? Sin separates us from God. And so when we are without a savior, we are doomed for hell. That is the worst punishment, separation from God. And so even, uh, I think the, the truths of this, right, in that God made us for community and for him. When we are separated from people and God, that is the worst thing for us. So, um, we are here now at this juncture with Emmaus. And uh, we kind of mentioned last week that we want to make this a sort of communal uh, thing. And so, today, we're going to start. We're going to start that. We're going to... Uh, we're going to accompany our words with actions. And <laughs> uh, yes, large group is good. Yes, it's great to have screens and sermons and preachers and loud music and all that. That's great. There's a time and place for it. But we had to kind of step back and wonder, what are we doing here at SNU large group? We want this to be a place where people want to come because they just want to connect with others and with God. What does that look like? We looked at that last week, the picture in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Look it up on your own, on, on your own time. Um, but that's what we want to aim for. We just want this to be a place where you want to come and where you want to invite your friends and say, hey, there are these really cool, really, really, really cool groups of uh, Christians that meet on SNU every, every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And sometimes they order chicken and jajangmyeon and stuff and whatever. And uh, there's this really funny preacher, kind of cute too, you know? <laughs> I'm just um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, like we want this to be a place where you want to come, where you can be ministered to. 
where your soul is filled, not because you're doing these religious things, but because simply you're fulfilling the commandment that God said, love one another and love me, God. So that's what we're trying to, trying to do here. So in conclusion, love God, love others. Why? Because God commanded it and it's good for you. So with that, uh, we're going to commence the rest of this evening and uh, I'll just say a quick prayer for the food and we'll get started. <laughs> that was the first time I ever got an applause. <laughs> All right, Father, we thank you uh, that you would choose us. And so we also choose to love you back, and we also choose to love one another. And let this place be a place where your spirit is thick. We ask that uh, as we simply just live out the commands you've given to us, uh, that it would draw men, that it would draw people to, to question and wonder, what is this way that these people are living? Who is this God that they worship? That's our desire, oh God. So tonight... Let us just have a night filled with laughter and fun, no stress, uh, good food. Let the food be plentiful and multiplied if it's necessary. We love you, God, and um, yes, be here with us as we uh, commune with you and with one another. We thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.